<laughs> I need a pillow for my ass and my lower back. I need to kiss my cat because we made eye contact. Beautiful. Ah. Ghostly stories. Tales of revenge. Sister power. Ow. Who's ready for some high quality nonsense? All right, let's do it. Do it, sisters, sisters. <clears throat> Never needed a chaperone, no, sir. You would know better than I would. How are you? Mm-hmm. I'm good. Yeah? Yeah. How was work? It was good. That's was good. 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 Earning and learning in training. <laughs> training for a job you've already done. Yes. Mm. Hey. Oh well. Things change. Things things change. It's we learn. A, we grow. A, been a couple of years. We get bored as fuck. And just like humans, businesses change too. <sighs> Zooming in. As in scooting violently towards the. It's hard to scoot chairs across carpet. Yeah. You know, what? I'm gonna close these blinds because I don't think neighbors need to see what we do here. I'm. Yeah. Plus the. You know, shit gets creepy. Wow. It's the pull up the pants dance. Casey does ever... this like violent jiggling <laughs> when she pulls up her pants. Hey, I got a lot of package that needs repackaging. <laughs> you got 10 pounds of flour and a five pound sack. <laughs> Sounds about right. Got a couple of hams in one grocery bag. <laughs> okay. Well, shit. <sighs> Let me find my stuff. Your stuff. Oh, well, yeah. and also, how's your day? Oh. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad you asked. Actually, my day was really good. Um, What did I do today? I I woke up the other day with a giant centipede on my face. What the fuck? <laughs> I was saving that for a while. I kept forgetting to tell you. Oh, my fucking God. Is that the one that you were like, I want to tell you this, but I want to wait until we're on air. Yeah, it was like four episodes. No, not four. Like maybe two episodes ago and uh how big was it ah! it was like that big and oh it God. wasn't like you know those, those she just held it up her fingers and it's like three inches apart it wasn't like a millipede it wasn't it was like one of those ones that move fast with really long legs what the fuck that's worse yeah i know because <laughs> millipedes are just like giant roly-polies but like the other ones are like <laughs> all segmented and they have creepy legs and yeah because uh adam got up uh, to take a shower uh, and i like rolled over laid back down and I felt what I thought was a hair tickling my face. Oh, it's never a hair. And my face was like down on my pillow. So I was just like, hmm. Oh, God. I was <laughs> like, why would a hair be like moving while I'm laying on it? And so I was like, what? And I like just oh, sat no. up, wiped my face, and then <laughs> a giant centipede fell down on my pillow. <laughs> I flung the covers off and I was like, no. And screamed at the top of my lungs. God. Uh, Turned on the light, and then I grabbed one of Adam's socks and picked it up off the bed and then smushed it on the carpet because I'm not trying to get those bug guts on my sheet. Oh, my God. Yeah. That reminds me of the time. And then I felt violently ill. Uh, Send me to Pavilion. Send me to Pavilion. Yep. That seriously reminds me of the time I got I in the shower. I thought I was going to have a stroke from being so grossed yeah. out. Yeah. <laughs> I, you want to like tie yourself into a knot? Yeah. You just become a human pretzel. <laughs> yep. Um, <laughs> you want to like <laughs> that thing where you like eat yourself until you turn into nothing like in the cartoons <laughs> until you just turn into a, like until a goes- weird meatball. <laughs> <laughs> um, like when you suck on a straw too hard. Boop. <laughs> 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 Uh, that reminds me of the time I got in the shower and, (gasps) oh no, I, like I was in the shower and I was like getting my hair wet and like, there was like a really tickly hair behind my ear. So I reached behind my ear and I pulled, like when I brought my hand back out and looked at it, there was a spider like with all eight legs, like clinging to my index finger. (laughs) It was huge. Like it was like. Easily, like, covered my finger. 
like the tip of my index finger. Oh my god! And I seriously just like and you're screamed naked too, and I'm butt naked <laughs> in the fucking shower, and I like screamed and just like shook shook it off my hand. I like don't have a thing against spiders, but like don't be hiding behind your ear. That's how not the a fun fuck magic did it trick. Get back there, like. <laughs> And like then, how fucked up if that was your magic trick? Hey, kid, come I'm here. Like, watch this. <laughs> watch this. What's behind your ear? It's pull just out a, a giant fucking spider. Fucking spider. <laughs> uh, yeah. So then, a little while for a while after that, I felt like every time I felt my hair move, I just like gagged or like twitched. I was like, <sighs> nobody <sighs> blow behind Faith's ear. Oh fuck! It is not cute nor erotic. Even now, my ear like hurts. Like this ear hurts because I'm. It's just like maybe it was a bad omen. Oh my god! But then today, I woke up with a spider bite on the back of my leg, and then I went to mom's to check on the cat and see how they're doing. Hmm. And mom (laughs) was like, "Well, how are you? You know." And I had been. I've been drinking a lot of cum free tea, which is known to like help with like. Yeah, I hope my tea is cum free too. Oh my god. You walked into it. <laughs> I fucking hate you. <laughs> I've been drinking a lot of cum-free tea. I didn't say cum-free. <laughs> it's cum-free. <laughs> sure sounded exactly the same. It's C-O-M-F-R-E-Y. I didn't say cum-free. I said cum-free. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Just call it comfy tea. It's comfy tea. <laughs> Stop <laughs> laughing. It's fine. Anyway, if I could just fucking finish. Go ahead. In your tea. <laughs> <laughs> let me let me finish my story. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm drinking comfrey tea. <laughs> that is so weird. That is such a lowbrow joke. I hate us. <laughs> okay. No, so I was drinking this tea made out of special leaves <laughs> and, and missing and one ingredient. <laughs> and, it <was laughs> and it's known to like help with like skin eruptions and like I have like my skin issues and stuff. And mom was like, well, how's your skin been doing? How's everything going? And I was just like, oh, pretty good. Except for I have this huge thing on the back of my leg. <laughs> so she's like, let me see it. So, of course, I dropped trowel for mom. And she's like, I'd feel a lot more comfortable if you were wearing underwear. <laughs> so Mom was like, um, I thought I taught you better. <laughs> so, so she goes and gets me like the most ginormous pair of undies. And they're like, here, I don't use these. <laughs> There's an obvious reason. They're like bright white. <laughs> like she gives me so she gives me this giant pair of undies and then she's like all right let's get to it so she like cleans it and like puts drawing salve on it and whatever and so being that a was, mommy doctor she is <laughs> so that was the beginning of my day when she's not caring for her ill cat she's caring for her ill daughter <laughs> but thank you for not sending me to Pavalia. <laughs> i'm sure she's i'm sure she's saying you're welcome yeah yeah so yeah i did that yesterday before i fell asleep and scared the shit out of you when i was supposed to come and meet up with you for recording um Mm -hmm. what (laughs) your face is the worst so (laughs) so yesterday (laughs) stop looking at me like that i'm just smiling you know what you're doing anyway yesterday i woke up went to the dmv got my tags and then i got an oil change and then I paid off my car. That's amazing. I own my car outright. What a great day. I don't make any fucking payments on my car anymore. And then I dyed my hair. Yeah. And then I did my That was my today? Makeup. No, that was yesterday. You know what would have made it even perfect and just even more better? Oh, my God. Being here and recording. Yeah, I know. That was supposed to be like the cherry on, on top. But then, like, I suddenly just felt like shit. And instead, the tray on top was you falling asleep and not letting me know. I know. I felt really bad because I also, like, did my makeup and we were going to take cute pictures because I figured you would also have your makeup on because you went to work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I felt really bad. I fell asleep in my eyelashes. And I'm really sorry. It does make me feel better that you fell asleep in your eyelashes. It was really And you brought me chocolate. I brought you a candy. She did. Candy. <laughs> she brought me a candy. Candy. I want candy. So that was my day. And then yeah. Mm-hmm. That was everything. Great day. It was a good day. Good day, good day. Good good shit, good shit. <gasps> I was wondering where I the have fucking the bowl. bowl was. <laughs> Whoa. What's it say, sissy? <laughs> and is this David's handwriting? I don't know, let me see. Nope, that's me. Oh. I added some nonsense. It says 
If your five-year-old self suddenly possessed your current body, what would they do first? I would cry. (laughs) Yeah, I'd obviously (laughs) cry. I think, well, I mean, does our five-year-old self eventually go back to themselves? I'm sure they do. Because then I would start a diet then. I would start eating better like at age knowing five. what knowing what you knew now going back to age five. Absolutely. If I went if tw- I looked at myself I and I'm like, this possessed- is me at twenty eight. If I suddenly possessed myself at the age of thirty, after I cried, the first thing I would probably do is like, I don't know. I would like look at my pubes. I'd, I'd probably just, like I'd probably just cry. I'd be like, wow. Because one, I was I also have a lot of armpit hair. I was also terrified of piercings because I thought they were medical devices when I was little. <gasps> really? Yep. So that's incredible. If I woke up, you would immediately cry. Be like, ah! <laughs> yeah, I would just. Casey cry. has a piercing in each nostril and her septum, and her ears are stretched. I don't, I mean, I don't know about you, but it makes me look really fucking cool. I think as a five year old, I'd like if I suddenly possessed my thirty year old body, I'd be like, owie, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like immediately. Just What's like, wrong with me? <laughs> just like try to sit down and goes ah, my back, my back. <laughs> Why does this everything? My feet hurt. Why does everything hurt? (laughs) I don't think these are growing pains. (laughs) What happened to me? Like, how fucked up is that? Like, little kids get growing pains, but when us as adults get pains like that, it just is a reminder that we're dying. Those are just dying pains. Damn, Sissy. I know. Well, it's like, my back hurts. It's no longer a growing pain. It just means that your body is... Just means that you're deteriorating. Just means that you're deteriorating. Sorry, I slurped in the mic. Yeah, you did. <laughs> what a weird nonsense. What a weird nonsense bowl. I mean, thing. I thought it was thought provoking. And then like, obviously, I'd play with my boobs. Oh, duh. Yeah. But also, wouldn't it suck if like, we were in our five-year-old self and then all the like, and our clothes, our five-year-old clothes, and it went boom. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and all of a sudden, bam, there we were. Yeah, I wonder if like they would be, I don't know, if they would would our would my 30-year-old body travel back to 1996 or would my 5-year-old self travel to 2019? I don't think our bodies, the state that they are in now would, would make, make it. <laughs> they wouldn't make the travel. <laughs> it's kind of like when you're like, "Oh, could I go on this road trip?" and then you think about the type of car that you have. Like, if somebody was like, hey, Casey, you want to take a road trip to California in your car? I'd look at my car and go, "Mm, let's take your car. (laughs) Yeah, my car is doing all right. Going like a couple blocks and back every day. (sighs) You go first. Oh, shit. Why? (laughs) Because I went first the past couple times. All right. Actually, probably like the past three times. I I don't know about that. I believe. I don't know. We'll I see. I believe that's true. We have it all on record. Well, uh, well, uh, hold on. Well, hold on. <clears throat> welcome to High Quality Nonsense. Oh, <laughs> Our <welcome>. sister-powered <laughs> podcast about true revenge and creepy shit, where we both sound the same, and, and, and nobody knows who's supposed to go first. No, no, but nobody. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm Faith. <laughs> oh, <laughs> And I'm Casey. <laughs> and we're really happy you're here. Sorry, I was taking a sip of my comfrey tea. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. I can change that. <laughs> Get in line. <laughs> you can find us across all social media platforms under at HQM Podcast. It's Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, and Instagram at HQM Podcast. Our email is Podcast at gmail.com. Good shit, good shit. All right. Ugh. Ugh. Woo, sorry. You know, I do a really good job of editing those out. Good. Uh, which is why this episode is probably going to come out on Thursday, by the way, everybody. Thursday. <laughs> Happy Thursday. <laughs> because Faith didn't want to be here yesterday. It's not that I didn't want to be there. I just, like, felt shitty. You know what I was going to do today? Shitty. S-H-I-D-D-Y. You what? Know what were you going to do? I was going to do my taxes and actually sign up for health benefits. But you know what? I had to clear that off my schedule and push it back because we had to record. Wow. It's not just your life you're messing with. Hey, hey, I apologize. Hey, Adam, what do you think of cum-free tea? (laughs) What do you think of cum-free tea? It's cum-free. Yeah. Cum-free. (laughs) Cum-free. What do you think about it? (laughs) 
very herbal. Being cum free and all. I'll fucking kill you. All right. All right, listeners. That's it. I'm done. She's not. I got my jollies. I'm putting them in my pocket. All right. I'll save them for later. You better. I'll talk you about butter. it. You butter. You butter. I'll talk about it at work. Okay. Are you ready, sissy? Sure. Okay. <clears throat> Today's tale of revenge is about Pierre Picot. Pierre? Pierre Picot. The year is 1807. <laughs> Pierre is a shoemaker. He's engaged to a wealthy and beautiful society woman in France. Good for him. Mm-hmm. His three friends, after learning about his engagement to this beautiful woman, this beautiful wealthy woman. Hold on. The thing was acting weird. Anyway, his three friends basically put together a letter with false evidence, alleging that Picot is actually a spy for the British. Those three friends... Oh, they were just jelly? They were hella jelly and saw their chance to basically... Fuck him over and try to win the girl? Fuck him over, win the girl, take all his money, take over his business. So this is Lubion, Solari, and Chobard. So within weeks of his wedding, Picot is arrested and sent to prison. Does this sound familiar at all? No. Really? Really. All right, wait until the, the rest of it. So he spends seven years in the Fenestral Fortress in uh, Piedmont, Italy, uh, which is basically this massive stone compound. And it's up on like a, a huge hill with like craggy rocks on either side. So craggy. it's just like a steep drop down. It's really cool. I I did like a whole bunch of research on it and it's fucking rad. It was built in like the 16th century. Picot was never told the reason for his imprisonment and he didn't find out until he had served two years. In prison. Why he was there. Well, that doesn't sound right at all. Which, like, yeah. They just, like, arrested him and, like, sent him to prison. And, like, nobody told him why. And then finally somebody was like, you're arrested for being a spy. And he's like, holy shit. What the the fuck? fuck? He's like, I didn't even do that. And I've been here for two years. So, uh. I smell a sweet, sweet revenge story coming. While he was in prison, he dug a passageway to the next cell over, which I'm just like, did you lose your way? Were you trying to get out? And you just went over into the next cell. He made a new friend. So he went over to the next cell. I can't be apart from you any longer. Because he was lonely uh, and made the acquaintance of an elderly priest. Okay. I know this story now. The wealthy Father Tori. <laughs> so excited. <laughs> So Father Torre, before he was arrested, had buried all of his riches in Milan, Italy, and bequeathed the entire fortune to Picot before his death. So this is approximately the story of the Count of Monte Cristo. However, Alexander Dumas, when he wrote the Count of Monte Cristo, he found it in a book that was put together by a man named Jacques Pouchet, who basically took all of the stories of the French police from the era and, like, arranged them into a book. And this was a story that Alexander Dumas read in that book. And then he was like, this needs to be, like, a longer book. (laughs) So the other thing, too, is that, like, Alexander Dumas came up in kind of, like, a rich family and his father was, like, close with the Bonapartes, the Nobonian Pullaparts, (laughs) heir to the chicken wing fortune. (laughs) Are you eating a Kit Kat while we're recording? This, I'm really excited about this story. So it's like watching <laughs> a movie. so stoked. You literally whipped out a snack. I'm just like, <laughs> yeah, well, like, you know, when you're listening or you're watching something really exciting, like that's, I got the excited munchies. And so <laughs> I'm eating the chocolate that you got me while listening intently and smiling at you. The candy. Well, it Candy. <laughs> that's what my brain did. It went, ooh, this is a good story, candy. <laughs> All right. Okay. While Alexander Dumas was sailing around the island of Monte Cristo, with cousins of the Bonapartes. He had like told them he was going to write a novel when he gets back and he is going to put the name of the island in that novel. The actual, we're so sidetracking, but like the actual island of Monte Cristo is a volcanic island. It is protected and forbidden by the Italian government for anybody to visit it. But in, I want to say the 1600s or the 1500s, these monks went to the island to seek refuge from, I think, the Nine Years' War. And there is a legend that the 
like monk that settled on that island defeated the dragon that guarded the island and then built his monastery there. <laughs> the other thing too is that so the monastery was there for like a hundred years and then the pirate Redbeard took control of the island. Oh my god, I knew it. I was like, this is gonna turn into a pirate island. <laughs> The pirate really excited. The pirate Redbeard took over the island, and then his predecessor, his predecessor, Dragut, his sister, his predecessor, (laughs) (laughs) Dragut. He took over the island, and there is. (laughs) And what are you doing? I felt the giggles coming on, so I'm trying to ignore them. You like waved it away. Carry on. <laughs> His sister dragon took over the island. So that island is also the the basis for the novel Treasure Island by Robert Lewis, whatever his name is. I forgot. Hell yeah. So the island of Monte Cristo is very like, you know, it's it's rad. Anyway. Fucking rad. Back to the real Count of Monte Cristo, which is Pierre Picot. Picot was never told the reason for his imprisonment. He's in prison, he digs a passageway to the neighboring cell, and over a few years, he makes the acquaintance of an elderly priest. Uh, Father Tory, before he w- his arrest, had buried all his riches in Milan and gave the entire fortune to Picode before he died. The priest, not Picode. The French imperial government fell in 1814, and subsequently, Picode was released. <laughs> As my notes say, treasure on lock, Picode returns to France. <laughs> He's like, first thing I'm going to do when I get out of here is get me that treasure. <laughs> so he goes, yeah, he goes to Milan. Wee oui, wee. Oui. <laughs> <laughs> goes to Milan, fucks up some treasure. <laughs> In some of the stories I read, um, when he gets back to France, the revenge starts happening right away. And then in other stories, I've heard he waits 10 years to like get full revenge. But I mean, either way. I personally, is... me me personally, I would want to take my revenge nay sweet and slow and just like slowly fuck up their life right. and watch it decline. So like, here's the thing is that like, I read like all of these stories and there was so much history on like his background and like what happened. But first of all, nobody knows the three guys' first names, which is fine, whatever. Nobody knows the lady's name. The other thing too is that, well, you'll see. So, and I'll, <laughs> we'll fill in the details, I suppose. Here we go. One full page of revenge. <laughs> I said, nobody knows how long it took him. In any case, Picot immediately... <laughs> <laughs> immediately took his revenge. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what you wrote? No. <laughs> I don't know what I was doing. It says, Picot immediately marries Showbart. <laughs> Damn, Faith. I'm really bad at this. Showbart. So the three friends. Like one of them is Showbart. Yes. (laughs) Did you mean murders? Yes. (laughs) I'll teach you how to put me in jail. Come here, wifey. I'll make you my wife. Lubion, Solari, and Showbart. So Showbart immediately gets married. You want to be wealthy? Well, come here. And by married, I mean he dies. So, <laughs> uh, so Picot either, uh, and again, I don't know if this is immediately or if it's 10 years later. There's a lot of conflicting things going on here. So he either arranges to have him killed or kills him. And nobody knows how. Like, we don't know if he got, like, fucking run over by a horse or beat to death or had his throat slashed or... Sissy, it's like 1814. He's not getting run over by a He's car. He's rich enough to buy a car now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like horse and carriage. Yeah. You know, like, I don't know. Like, does he make it look like an accident? Anyway. So that was something they were very vague on. They were just like, anyway, he kills Shobart. Another thing that's very vague. Shobart is dead. Also very vague. Uh, Picode tricks. Lupion. So second second guy, Lupion. Oh, by the way, Lupion married the uh, girl. The girl. <gasps> yep. This ought to be a murder most foul. After two 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 years, Picota had she didn't know where he went. She just knew that he disappeared. Yeah. So two years after his disappearance, Lupion marries her. And then Picot tricks 
Lupion's daughter into marrying a criminal and then has that man arrested. So like his daughter can suffer the same fate as his lost love? How do you trick somebody into marrying a criminal? So like this had to have taken well, he place took over that a long criminal, period of time. He probably took that criminal made that criminal seem very suave and, and very like, that is like brilliant. The long con. Brilliant. Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> Give him a deer stalker. <laughs> brilliant. Which he found for $7 at the consignment store. Brilliant. <laughs> So, I don't know how, but he tricked Lupion's daughter into marrying a criminal and then um, has that criminal arrested. As a result, here's and another vague detail. As a result, Lupion's daughter, quote unquote, dies of a nervous breakdown. What? She dies of a nervous breakdown. I'm so nervous I could die. Well, I mean, it just like... (laughs) It makes me think she's like sitting, like it really makes me feel like it makes me think of somebody who like puts themselves in such a tizzy that they just have a stroke and fall over. I just imagine like Muppet status, like, yeah, like poof into a pile of feathers. (laughs) They're just like, yeah. (laughs) Okay. So uh, Lupion's daughter is dead from a nervous breakdown. Then he meets up with Solari. Oh, sorry. Before that, he burns down Lupion's restaurant. Oh. After he tricks his daughter into marrying a criminal and then has the criminal arrested, he burns down the restaurant. Okay. Awesome. Right. Then he awesome. meets <laughs> Then he meets up with Solari. And then, the, the, okay, so they were saying that, like, he burns down Lupion's restaurant. And then they were, like, leaving him impoverished. And I was like, what happened to his rich wife? The rich wife that he probably took all of that fucking money and put it into a restaurant. Man. Nothing's changed in 200 years. <laughs> and now she is not a well-to-do. So then he meets up with Solari and poisons him to death. So two down, one to go. He probably saw Solari and was like, you haven't changed, so I kind of feel bad. And I'm just going to poison you. You're still a scumbag, and I'm, I'm, let's just poison you. Right. After that, he befriends Lupion's son and basically frames him or manipulates him into... Stealing a bunch of gold and jewelry. Whoa. Yeah. And by then, like your father wouldn't be impoverished if uh you stole Right. If you took all this gold jewelry, you would save your restaurant. And then he has him sent to jail. So basically as soon as his son is carried off to jail, Picode then meets up with Lupion and stabs him in the chest. And that is that. Everybody's dead. The entire time there is a fourth man. What? His name is Alut. Hello. Hello. My name is Hello. Hello. <laughs> so he knew the entire time. Like the entire time Picot was like in prison, this yeah. guy had every, like he had all the evidence that could have freed him and he did nothing. So when he gets out, Picot basically befriends this fourth man, right? Learns about his three friends that ruined his life by like writing that fake letter. But, like, Alut won't tell him. So, Picode basically fakes being on his deathbed. He starts to fake his own death so that he'll tell him. Good. And he's like, he's Did like, it if work? You, if you tell me, I'll leave you all this money in my will. You just need to tell me how this happened. So, he tells him. He's like, I wrote the letters. Suddenly, Picode is, like, back to normal. And he was faking his own grave illness and, like comes back to life and then kills everyone. And then Alu kidnaps and kills Picode. What? Yep. And then that's how we know about this story because it's it's basically like <clears throat> when Alu kidnapped Picode, that's when he like Picode told him the whole story about what had happened. And then when Alu was dying, he confessed everything to the police and he was like I murdered this guy, but it was because this guy murdered three other people. What the fuck? And this guy murdered these three people because this is what happened. Well, how could Picode just fall for that being like, oh, I'm kidnapped now and now I'm dead? I don't know. It's not a very satisfactory ending. That's why they wrote the book differently. (laughs) Yeah, no shit. (laughs) Where he literally sails off into the fucking sunset. Where he literally stabs his arch nemesis in the chest. Yep. And he gets his wife and his son. Right. It was his son. Oh, in the in the book? No, in Count of Monte Cristo. In the movie. So I'm assuming the book too. Fun fact. Just in the early nineteen hundreds alone, 
They made nine silent films about the book of the Count of Monte Cristo. And my favorite one is still from 2002. Was it 2002? I thought it was like in the 1990s. Hold on. Let me see. It might have been 1999. It's where everybody was fucking beautiful and there's a chick that's like, Edmond, I know it was you. I'm pretty sure it was 2002. Yeah. (sighs) Louise Guzman's in there. Mm -hmm. He's cool as fuck. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that's it. That's my real story of the Count of Monte Cristo. I like it. Thanks. Glad you liked it. Apparently, other books written by Alexander Dumas, such as The Man in the Iron Mask, also have true stories behind them. What's The Man in the Iron Mask? What the fuck, sissy? I know. I'm sorry. You're Do you even me a know look. who Leonardo DiCaprio is? I was just sitting there smiling at you, and you were I just know. like, yeah, I know, right? I and I'm like, just like, yeah, <laughs> I don't know it. <laughs> I was like, yeah, isn't that cool? That's awesome. Such a good story. And you're just like, ha, ha. I'm like, ha, awesome. What is that? I'm anyway, maybe we'll cover that later. All right. Do you want to take a break before this one? Because yes. this one's a long one. <gasps> well, I mean, I put a lot of detail. Oh, I'm so glad mine was short then. Well, I mean, I feel like it's going to be long. Is it creepy? It is a ghost story. Yay! All right. We'll be right back. Hold, please. Hold, please. Your cat is trying to kill my feet. <laughs> no! Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. He's yonder now. Oh, thank goodness. Okay. Okay. I'm ready. I didn't even ask you yet. Um, Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. <laughs> Cue the spooky music. <laughs> no, not that spooky oh. music. Okay. <laughs> Our story starts off in the late 1800s in West Virginia. Mary Jane Hester gave birth to her daughter, Elva Zona Hester in 1873 and brought Elva up in a farming community near Richlands, Virginia in Greenbrier County. Greenbrier. Shout out to Greenbrier. Shout out to Greenbrier. Maybe we'll visit one day. Someday. In this type of community, it was where everyone kind of knew each other. So in 1895, when Elva gave birth to a child out of wedlock, (laughs) wetlock, She was not drinking comfrey tea. I'm I'm trying to make this spooky, but that uh, (laughs) fucking it all up. I mean, usually babies are born out of wetlock. (laughs) Anyways, (laughs) when Elva gave birth to a child out of wedlock, you can imagine that it was a bit of the, you know, talk of the town. Mm-hmm. Just for a little bit. Yep. Uh, and I couldn't find the name of the father, so don't ask. Oh. I was just trying to find out, like, well, who who knocked her up? Who's the daddy? N- who knows? Any hoodle. She had a little bit of a reputation, to say the least. Not saying that she was, like, you know, a bad woman by any means, but, you know, it's just... Uh, the, their fa- yeah. Their yeah. family then was, like, a bit different from the rest. It's <laughs> the late 1800s and, uh, you know... If you show too much ankle, you're like, Hood. Mary's most likely, uh, Mary was most likely worried that Elva would be a single mother for the rest of her life, a single mother spinster. Um, at however, the age of 23. <laughs> right. <laughs> however, uh, after 1896, when a drifter came into town, she was then worried that she wouldn't be. Oh, the drifter mentioned was Edward Stribling Trout's shoe. I'm sorry. Can you <laughs> run that past me one more time? <laughs> the drifter. Aforementioned was Edward Stribling Trout Shoe. Edward Stribling Trout Shoe. Yep, we're going to call him Ed. He definitely made that up. Yeah, who knows? (laughs) Trout Shoe. (laughs) But, uh, you know, there was Elva Zona Hester, so I'm not like super (laughs) surprised of the names coming out of this century. Uh, Anyways, Ed came to Greenbrier in search of a new life and work. Ed started working as a blacksmith in one of the local shops owned by James Crookshanks. I I just... Okay, keep going. <laughs> <laughs> so with the community being so tight-knit, it wasn't long before Elva and Ed laid eyes on each other. Oh. And certainly wasn't long before the two fell in love. Yeah, Elva's mother had an instant dislike for Ed. Oh. Which, I mean, I don't blame her. Why? Uh, she didn't trust the fact that this guy just showed up out of nowhere and had, you know, no stake in the town and started with nothing. And it's not like... They had background checks in, you know, in the 1800s. True. <laughs> Just had to kind of take his word the, for it. Yeah. The couple married against the will of Mary in mm-hmm. 1896, soon after they had met and lived peaceably for a short time. 
Oh, no. One That's morning. Ominous. <laughs> right. Just for a short time. One morning on January 23rd, 19 or 1897. Mm-hmm. It is I'm like short time. Now we're in the 1900s. <laughs> <laughs> January 23rd, 1897. Ed is working at Crookshank's shop when he sent the young neighborhood boy to Ed and Elvis home to see if she needed anything before he returned home. This wasn't unusual for them. It was something that they did often. The little boy that's just running around or like, hey, you. Yeah. I'll give you a fucking nickel if you go and go check uh, on my wife. Yeah. Go check on my wife. Go ask her some things. All right. All right. However, when the boy reached the home, he found Elva's body at the foot of the stairs, stretched out with her feet together and one hand on her stomach. What? I don't know what the other hand was doing, maybe reaching out, but there was just one hand on the stomach and the feet were put together. Oh, uh, at the so, foot of the stairs. So she wasn't like splayed out yeah. is what they were saying. She wasn't like, it wasn't like she fell and she... Right. Yeah. She was at the foot of the stairs, but her body was like laying neatly at the foot of the stairs. Right. Okay. Suspicious. Yeah, exactly. The boy checked that shit out and ran straight to his mother. Oh, he went to his mom, told his mom what happened, what he saw. And of course, she's like, oh my God. She summoned the doctor right away. However, back in the day, it took doctors forever to show up. So well, it could yeah. be hours. It's not like they had a like, wee-woo. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. And it's, you know, you send for the doctor and then if the doctor's at somebody else's house, they don't know. And then you're just waiting at the doctor's office, waiting for them to tell them like, hey, there's a lady with her feet together. <laughs> <laughs> Her hand on her stomach at the bottom of the stairs. <laughs> I don't know if she's gonna, if she's all right or what the deal yeah, is. I don't know. Her feet were really close together. But we, should, we should check. <laughs> Woo! I really got you, didn't Okay. <laughs> don't call the doctors if I ever put my feet together. <laughs> don't. She's just sitting. <laughs> So took them forever to show up. Not that it would have made much a difference. After many hours, George W. Knapp, the doctor, arrived at the home to find that Ed had already took Elva's body upstairs and dressed and prepared her. What? She she was dead. Right. So he like took her upstairs, washed her and prepared her, which in that age and culture, it was unusual for a man to do that because usually it was the women of the community that would take care of those things. Right. You know, preparation she of was, a female body. Right. But she was kind of like an outcast, though. So. Well, yes and, and no. Like, very, it like, still, it would still have gone that way. Um, mm-hmm. Some thought that perhaps Ed came from somewhere where maybe that wasn't really the tradition. Who knows? Because right. this guy just strolled on in. Dr. Knapp went up the stairs and found that Elva had been dressed in one of her nicest dresses with, with a high-necked, stiff collar. Uh-huh. And a veil was placed over her face. While the doctor went to examine the corpse to determine the cause of death, Dr. Knapp moved closer to Elva's head where he noticed some bruising around the neck region. But before the doctor could get any closer, Ed threw himself at his wife, cradling her head and began to sob hysterically and uncontrollably. What? Yeah. So, so like, imagine they, like, ah, like, was, like, literally holding her and was rocking, like, back and forth right. and cradling her head. Just as the doctor was going to look at her neck. Right. So the doctor um, mm. noted that Shu's violent reaction to him trying to finish the examination, the doctor left it at that. Like the doctor's note said the Elvis death was uh, an everlasting faint. Well, how romantic. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, she was at the bottom of the stairs with her feet together and her hand on her stomach and she must have just fainted. The everlasting faint. Which... It sounds like that's what that other girl went through. Uh, yeah. That's... <laughs> <laughs> so, of course, Zona's parents were soon notified of their daughter's death and rushed over. I guess it was reported that one Mary you Jane Hester. Elva? Elva's, El- Elva's Elva. parents. El- you said Zona. Oh, Elva Zona. Sorry. We're calling her Elva. Sorry. Elva Zona Troutshoe. <laughs> no, that's the girl's name is Elva Zona Hester. But she married... Edward Scribbly I guess like Elvisona shoe now Uh, anyways Jesus (laughs) faith (laughs) the formalities (laughs) and I guess it was reported that when Mary Jane Hester received the news she said the devil had killed her the devil killed her the devil has killed her yep Mm mm-hmm yeah, that doesn't sound guilty at all, fucking Mary. Right. Elvazona Hester was buried 
on January 24th, 1897 mm-hmm. in the local cemetery, which is now called Sewell Chapel Methodist Cemetery. Okay. Uh, some of the townsfolk thought that Ed was showing great devotion to Elvis' body during the ceremony, and some thought that his behavior was just fucking odd. Uh-huh. It was an open casket wake, which usually takes place in the mother or family home. So uh-huh. Elvis' body was, before she was buried, yeah. she was like on display yeah. for the funeral for people to say their goodbyes. And I guess what was odd is that Ed had stayed right next to the casket the entire time, just standing for hours the entire time, and placed a pillow on one side of Elvis' head and folded up sheet on the other. And around her neck, he had put a scarf that clearly didn't match the outfit that she was wearing. Okay. And his explanation for these items was, one, so that she may rest more comfortably in the afterlife, and two, it was her favorite scarf. (laughs) <laughs> literally just said tearfully explaining it was her favorite scarf hmm but uh, you know okay <laughs> i mean yeah <laughs> all right bud all right mary jane hester was convinced that ed had killed her daughter after the wake that was within her home she removed the sheet from inside the coffin to give to ed as a keepsake when he was given this gift he refused the gift in such manner that she thought you know, was fucking weird. Like, he truly did not give one fuck about the sheet. Oh. Like, I don't want that. No. Why, Why would I, I want take that? that? Yeah. yeah. So it was said that Mary took the sheet home and noticed that it had an awful scent to it. Also, what? It was right next to a dead body. I but... mean, <laughs> um, <laughs> probably isn't the freshest. <laughs> yeah, probably wasn't like. Um, anyway, so she decided to wash it. When she put the sheet in the basin of water, the water turned red, and then the sheet itself turned pink, and then the water ran clear. What the fuck? <laughs> I can't stop. I can't stop. <laughs> so many, so many colors. <laughs> She's going to have an everlasting faint. Oh, my feet are together. <laughs> so somehow or some way, Mary took this as a sign that she was murdered, that her daughter was murdered. What? I'm more curious about the fucking science behind it. So, like, what she detergent was she wearing? And what was bad. in the sheet? And it was smell bad. She so. puts it in the water. The water turns red. The sheet turns pink. And then everything turns clear. Yes. Well, the sheet's still pink and the stain never came out. Came to- <laughs> Come free. Anyways. <laughs> um, Stop. Okay. <laughs> Mary began praying every night for four weeks for her daughter to return to her and explain what had happened. <gasps> and Elva did just that. What? Yep. So Elva par- appeared to Mary every night in a dream for four nights. It's kind of unclear if she appeared in person or if it was just in dreams. Mm-hmm. I think it was in person. But she appeared first as like a bright light. And then the next day, it was like she was slowly turning into like a ghostly apparition of herself. Okay. The spirit explained that Ed was a cruel man who abused her and who had attacked her in a fit of rage when he believed she had cooked no meat for dinner. She told her mother that he had broken her neck and crushed her throat. And to prove this, she slowly turned her head all the way around, displaying that there were no bones holding it together, only (gasps) skin and tendons. Holy shit. Hold on to your panties. Oh, my God. With these dreams and these visions that Mary was receiving uh-huh. from her daughter, right. she was convinced that now now more than ever that her daughter had been brutally murdered by Ed. Uh. So Mary took action by doing the number one thing that mothers do best by nagging and carrying on. Not to her <laughs> daughter or her husband, but to the local prosecutor, John Alfred Preston which is the most normal named dude in the town, apparently. Yeah. She spent several hours in his office convincing him to reopen the case concerning her daughter's death. John Alfred Preston re-interviewed several people because he had his own suspicions, like, who the fuck is this Ed guy? Right. Nobody knows this story. Yeah, I'm going to reopen the case. I just have a hunch. Okay. So she shows up at his office and she's just like, listen. I've been praying for like four weeks and then for four nights, my daughter has been coming to me first as a bright light and then slowly turning into a human form. And then she turned her head all the way around. So can you please take another look at this? 
Right. It was just one of those things where it's just like nobody would just outwardly make up those stories, right. especially back in that in That's, those days. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm sorry. Um, I I am sorry. I accused you of murder, Mary. Yeah, Faith. And now she's like, Mm-mm. I'll show you the guilty one. <laughs> right. <laughs> John Alfred Preston re-interviewed several people of interest, including Doctor Knapp. When Preston re-interviewed Doctor Knapp, Doctor Knapp did confess that the examination was not complete and kind of uh, explained Ed's behavior that prevented him from doing so. Mm -hmm. So this was enough information for him to have reorder of an autopsy, an exhumation of the body, as well as ordering an inquest jury to be formed. (gasps) Gasp, gasp. Oh, my God. Elva Zona Hester's body was exhumed on February 22nd, 1897. Oh, my gosh. Then they placed her body in the local one-room schoolhouse. And a one-room schoolhouse is exactly what it sounds like. They didn't have anywhere to actually do this or perform this. So where did they go to school? I'm assuming that they just didn't that day. Uh, Okay. Sorry, children. School's closed. (laughs) Elva's body's in there. Oh, <laughs> I'm surprised that you're concerned about that. I just thought that it was that it just made it more creepy. They didn't have a like a. I mean, it was a farming community. I mean, fair enough. Golly, <laughs> it was 1800s. It's not like they had a school that was fit for like a hundred kids because you're you'd be lucky if like any of your children I mean, lasted. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I mean, the mortality rate right. for kids wasn't great back then. Exactly. Golly, Faith. Okay, well, I'm sorry. Elva's body's in the schoolhouse. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, Elva's body is at the schoolhouse. Uh, Ed, of course, vigorously complained about the turn of events and was, of course, required by law to be present at the autopsy. The autopsy took three hours well, fu- and revealed... Don't let him near the fucking body this time. Yeah, no shit. This is when he stated to them that he knew he would be arrested, but no one could prove his guilt. So he was just like, you can't prove <laughs> You can't anything. prove I did it. Mm-hmm. Fuck you, Ed. Yeah, fuck you, Ed. Fucking trout shoe. <clears throat> fucking stribbling trout shoe. <laughs> sounds like an insult. <laughs> yeah, trout fucking shoe. penny sucker dribbling trout shoe. <laughs> you lamp licker. Anyways, the three-hour autopsy revealed that Elva's neck had indeed been broken, as well as her windpipe being completely crushed. There were fingerprints bruising showing exactly where she'd been choked on the neck, and uh, it was completely dislocated between the first and second vertebrae. Oh, shit. So So it really was completely, like, truly, it was just skin. There was nothing holding her head up. Yep. I know. Ed Stribling Trout Chu was arrested for the murder of his wife. Good. While Ed was in jail in Lewisburg, in jail in Lewisburg, they just said oh, Lewisburg. Okay. That's it. All right. Well, uh, more information about his past. <laughs> right. <laughs> more information about his past came to light on the current situation. Apparently, Ed had been married twice before. <gasps> his first marriage ended in divorce, where that wife claimed that he was a man of great cruelty. And his Ooh. second marriage ended in his wife's death, which was under extremely like mysterious circumstances. circumstances. Yeah. Uh, less than a year after they were married. The trial of Elva Zona Hester's murder began June 22nd, 1897. Preston's star witness would be Mary Hester. However, he, he wanted her to keep quiet about the ghostly visions. Because <laughs> he's like, he was like, all right, you can be on the stand, but don't fucking talk about Yeah, the like, ghosts. don't talk about, like, the ghosts and shit. Oh, I almost forgot to mention, while he was in jail, he kept talking to inmates and to, like, guards that he wanted to go on and marry many more women, at least seven. That's oh, my God. That's one thing that he was like, I want to marry at least seven more women and gloated that he would be free due to the lack of evidence. Um, what a fucking tool. Yeah, he was a tool. So Preston, the local prosecutor, is like, you know what, Mary? You're going to be my star witness, but fucking keep that ghost shit on the down low. We don't want you. (laughs) We don't want people to think that you're fucking crazy. However, Ed's lawyers caught wind of this ghostly visit and (laughs) decided to have that be their kind of their main weapon during questioning. They asked Mary all about them. And, of course, Mary being, you know, under oath and also her being like fully, fuck this, I truly believe that my daughter visited me. Mm-hmm. She went on and on and she began to uh, explain the entire story. 
What they did not realize is that the entire jury ate that shit up. Really? They fucking loved it. They were <laughs> touched and they were in awe of Mary's story and believed every like every bit of it in I mean, its ghastly they're, glory. They're townsfolk from the late eighteen hundreds. Like Right. Why wouldn't they? Exactly. Like I'm sure if somebody did that now, people would be like, What a crackpot. The South is so full of superstition, like it's it's one of the most haunted places ever. Probably most of that jury had seen a fucking ghost at some point. Yeah, no shit. Yep. I've been there, sister. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> totally relatable. <laughs> so Ed Stripling Trout Shoe was found guilty of murder July 11th and was senseless. Mm. Sentenced life in prison. Yes. To life in prison. So fuck you, Ed. Go to prison, Ed. Yeah. Mary's story had gotten everyone fired up to the point where a lynch mob had formed and came to collect Ed to hang him in prison. Ooh. Did they? However, it was disbanded by the deputy sheriff department, reminding everyone that Justin had to take its place in their community. Justice. 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 Who is Justin? (laughs) I said justice. No. Yeah, I did. Justice had to take its place. I'm going to play it back for you right now. Uh, Justin had to take its place. Justin had. Justin had. Justin. 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 See? (laughs) Okay. Shout out to you, Justins out there. You got to take your place in your community. (laughs) Fuck. Okay. Justice had to take its place. <sighs> Anyways, <laughs> Ed was moved to West Virginia State Penitentiary in Moundsville, where he lived for three more years and died March 1900. Good. Good shit, good shit. Good shit, good shit. This was the only case where someone was convicted of murder from an eyewitness on a spirit's account. In Greenbrier, you can find a state historical landmarker near the cemetery where Elva was buried, and it reads. Wow. (laughs) Profound. (laughs) Interred nearby cemetery is Zona Hester Shoe. Her death in 1897 was presumed natural until her spirit appeared to her mother to describe how she was killed by her husband, Edward. Autopsy on the exhumed body verified the apparition's account. Edward, found guilty of murder, was sentenced to the state prison. Only known case in which testimony from a ghost helped convict a murderer. Wow. And that was the story of the Greenbrier ghost. I like that. I just, like, I really feel like you, for a long time, I've been trying to find, like, revenge stories that also have a ghost in them. And I really feel like you pulled that rug out from under me just now. I know. Now. I'm sorry. <laughs> I kind of, well, it's the only one where a ghost came back and was just like, fuck you, husband. <laughs> yeah. When I first started this, because you're like, is it a good one? Is it a spooky one? And I'm just like, oh, it's actually this, a revenge this story. This is a revenge story. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> back to Pirate uh, Island with me. Yeah. And Mary uh, just straight up like never recanted her story. However, I kind of think to myself that maybe Mary and townsfolk kind of saw like a little bit of bruising around the neck and they kind of knew that Ed was cruel. So yeah. like maybe Mary was like, fuck this guy. I'm not going to let him get away with it. So what if she did make it all up? And then everybody was like, hell yeah, honey. <laughs> right. But on the other hand, in that cemetery, people still to this day see like ghostly visions of Elva as well as uh, with her head things. turned around. I hope not. Oh, fuck. And I'm pretty sure my mouth just made a really weird noise. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm coming for that one. <laughs> uh, Prepare to no. hear that, guys. <laughs> <Ew>. <laughs> Please delete that one. <laughs> oh. No. You know, I already hate listening to myself talk. But so, your mouth noises. <laughs> I fucking hate listening to my weird mouth noises or my throat noises. But yeah, the end. Yay! So if we did actually want to go to Greenbrier, we know exactly where to go. We know exactly where to go. The, uh, the Sewell, Sewell Methodist Cemetery. Yeah. Uh, to visit Miss uh, Elvazona. Sewell Chapel Methodist Cemetery. I want to know what the fuck turned that sheet pink. <laughs> That's what I'm wondering. Jordan, look that up. <laughs> 
Oh my goodness. What turned that sheet pink? What's behind door number one? It's a pink sheet. It's a pink sheet. The you devil. Want, you want this sheet back? I don't fucking care about that Why shit. Why would I fucking want that? I'm off to marry seven other ladies. I want to marry at least seven. <laughs> least. Jesus. The very least. <laughs> seven more. The bare minimum. Seven. Won't go any lower. <laughs> I uh, hope he got the fixins in jail. Oh my god, I'm sure he got hella fixins. So, what did we learn today? Don't hurt your ladies because they may or may not have cooked meat. Because right. they're going to come back and they're going to throw your ass in jail. Don't fuck with your wives. Don't fuck with your wives. I mean, if if anything ever happened to me, and I don't think it would be David. David would never do anything like that. But no. if I go down the wrong path one day and marry a murderer, best believe I am coming to tell you exactly where to find the evidence. I hope you come back as a Japanese water ghost. That sounds terrifying. I mean, you just have the hair for it. Oh, man, that's true. <laughs> that is true. What are those called? A Japanese water ghost? Yeah. Do you want to look it up? I'm about to. While I do this thing? Yep. Oh, wait. Yeah, okay. Let me let me do this first, and then we'll go back to what we learned. So, guys, obviously, we love doing this podcast, and it's really nice to have it up and running. We're probably going to change our day that we release episodes. We're, uh, I'm going to try and get this out by Thursday. But here's the thing is that like with Casey starting work and my schedule is kind of all over the place, we're probably going to be changing some things around. So please bear with us. We'll we'll keep you guys updated as much as possible. But I don't know if Wednesdays are going to work anymore. This one is obviously not coming out on Wednesday because it is 10 p.m. on a Tuesday. Have you noticed that we do like all our recording at 10 p.m.? There's like three episodes where we're like, it's 10 p.m. We actually start a little bit early today. We did. We did. But what I was getting to is we host our feed with anchor.fm, which is a completely free platform where you can use the site itself to record your podcast. We use a completely different setup. But if you want to, you could record a podcast from your phone. They have an episode builder on there. It's really cool. Totally free platform. It can match you up with sponsors. And it also allows listeners to donate through Stripe. And if you go to anchor.fm forward slash HQN podcast, you can find the listener support button where you can submit donations that go towards improving the broadcast as well as get us started on the road to producing merch and perks for you guys so that we can uh, set up a Patreon of sorts and Woo-hoo. get you guys actually like hooked up with actual shit. So uh, all supporters obviously get a special mention, a message on the show, and a personal thank you note from Casey and me, some fortune cookies. It'll be great. It'll be good shit. Did you find out about your water ghosts? It's a Yuri of some sort. A Yuri? Well, a Funi Yuri apparently is just like a, a ship ghost. A ship A ship ghost? Yeah, that's in the water and then it comes and get you. Oh, we need to do a thing about Japanese ghosts because they're somehow the most terrifying. They don't fuck around. Japanese ghosts don't fuck around. They like have rules and if you disobey the rules, the fucking ghost will fuck you. It's true. Yeah. I learned don't fuck over your friends and marry their fiance. Nope. Because chances are they're going to meet a wealthy monk in prison. <laughs> and then come and back and ruin your life. Back. Yeah, he's coming for you. Yeah. Yeah. I was looking at that prison and honestly, like, it kind of looks like hell. Like, it's an alpine fortress. So it's like pretty much up in the mountains. You know there wasn't any, like, heating in there. He nope. probably dug a tunnel just to, like, cuddle up with the priest next door to no stay shit. warm. He's just like, I'm going to die. I'm going to die if I don't find some cuddles. Yeah. So, um, don't try not to go to prison in 19th century Italy. You know. And, uh... 19th century? Yeah, because the 1800s is the 19th century. Whew. I know. It doesn't make any sense. But... Like, we're in the 21st century right now, but it's only 2019. Okay, no, I get it. It's the 21st century. Yeah. All right. Well, do you have any uplifting facts? Mine was a weird fact. A woman with an ovarian cyst. So, ovarian cysts, because they're, like, they're literally, like, next to your ovaries, so they produce a lot of, like, weird human parts. So, like, hair and tooth enamel, so they'll, like, grow, like, teeth in them. 
But this woman had like a vegetable growing in one of hers. What? A vegetable. Like it was it was green and it had chloroform and it was like they said there was like bits of vegetable growing in there. The beginning of a vegetable. So her body just produced a vegetable. I don't I don't know. She wasn't drinking comfrey tea. There <laughs> Their best guess is that a she seed? masturbated with something that she no. shouldn't have. No, well, I mean that's what the uh, Facebook comments said. But <laughs> <laughs> um, their best guess is that yeah. a seed from her fecal matter traveled through a hole in her intestine, which then "quote unquote" spontaneously sealed because they couldn't find any like proof that there had been a hole in her intestine but they were like maybe it just worked its way through slowly and it was healing while it was on its way out they were like but she's growing a vegetable in this ovarian cyst so we don't that's vegan as fuck i just don't what i just like if she hadn't had it removed would she have like a full-blown zucchini in there this my daughter zucchini (laughs) This is my daughter, Tomato. (laughs) She changed her name to Turnip. Because she's turning up in this club. (laughs) This is my daughter, Spring Spinach. (laughs) This is my baby, Spinach. (laughs) It's my baby, Spinach. (laughs) It's my daughter, Spring. Spring salad. This is my daughter's <laughs> spring spring mix. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, this is baby corn. <laughs> okay, we need to end this before it gets really bad. Meet my daughter Summer. Summer squash. <laughs> <laughs> Can you bring me a fortune cookie? <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right are you ready yep did you you didn't crack your cookie? hold on yeah. well there's a lot of writing on this one. Oh shit <laughs> hey it kind of broke hold on oh no it literally broke off the eye in the first word it oh it is not the person oh let me get up to the mic yeah <laughs> hello episode one it is not the person who has too little but the person who always craves more that is poor Ooh, dropping the mic these are (laughs) dropping the fortune these are like really i feel like these ones are (laughs) much more profound than the other ones the other ones it's like don't travel in the dark alone (laughs) yeah thanks uh a threat wow (laughs) okay i'm gonna do another one oh okay No, you do it. Okay. No, you do it. <laughs> I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. <laughs> Make them wait for it, Kevin. Boom. <laughs> God damn it. This one, I get this one so much. Is it promote fortune cookies? No. I mean, it's not a terrible one to get. You will inherit a large sum of money. Again. Hell yeah. But like, that's like, also- Again? Again? <laughs> Hold on, let me do my, my let me do my other one. I feel like I get the the shitty ones. This one is I don't know how I feel about this one. Uh, read it. Hold on, let me adjust my blankie because I got the chills. Something unusual will happen at work next week. Whoa! Holy shit! I'm holding on to this one. Where's a pen? I need to put the date on it. <laughs> I hope someone just writes you a check for a million dollars. Oh my god! Seriously, I've been somebody's so- just like. Here, I'm going to give you a tip. Let me uh, allow you to quit. Let me get you this tip. I have been meditating on like this vision. So I spend a few minutes every day envisioning somebody writing me a check for $15,000. Why 15? I don't know. It just seems like the right amount. It just seems like the right amount. Okay. So like $15,000 and the date on the check is July 4th. I don't know why. But the date on the check is the 4th of July. It says $15,000, pay to the order of Faith Spencer. And, like, I can't make out the signature. But, like... It's Ellen DeGeneres. Oh, my fucking God. (laughs) Ellen, please. (laughs) So, there's a check coming to me for $15,000. I mean, that's what I've been seeing. 
I don't know where this came about, but I'm ready for it. <laughs> Give it to me. Here it comes. <laughs> All right. Apparently, yeah, I'll keep you guys updated about what, fucking what happens at work next week. I'm so Please excited. Do. Something unusual is going to happen. All right. Another one. Okay. <laughs> whoa, whoa. You approach life philosophically and with warmth. <laughs> her face. She's a, <laughs> she oh. like closed her eyes gently when she said, and with warmth. <laughs> and then the one that I opened up earlier said, the constructive use of riches is better than their possession. Yeah, I got that one too. And I was talking to David earlier today about like fucking... Nobody should have a billion dollars all at once. And that's my belief. I agree. And you can call me a libtard or a whatever you want. But honestly, like, why are we hoarding wealth? Eat the rich. That's what I say. Nom, 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 nom. All right. Woohoo! All right. I will inherit a large sum of money. And something unusual will, will happen at work next week. Things are, uh... The cookies never lie, y'all. They never lie. So, anyway, thanks for coming. Thanks for coming and listening. You're all high-quality people. And this is High Quality Nonsense. Nonsense. <laughs> one, 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 one. <laughs>